It's our first Q&A show, and we've got some pretty good ones. So settle in and be ready to share your thoughts in the comments. Please enjoy episode 13 of the Ministry of Freedom show. This is episode 13 of the Ministry of Freedom show. I am Jim Motes, Bruce Coddington, Mike Collins. (sighs) (laughs) Cue the applause. (laughs) So lucky episode 13, fellas. And we're going to dedicate it to discussing, answering some comments and questions. First time we've done that, so that should be kind of cool. Now, before we get rolling, Remember, review the show, leave comments and questions, engage with us. That's kind of fun. And we want to do a little more of that and uh, share the content so you can help get the message out. We would appreciate that very much. And don't forget that Jim self-funds this operation. And if you'd like to help out, send checks to Mike Collins, New Orleans, Louisiana, 70131. Mike has officially doxxed himself. (laughs) So, So if you listen to last week's show, Kevin... You know where to find Mike. (laughs) So we received a ton of of questions. It was pretty cool. Bruce combed through them, narrowed them down. And so I don't know which ones he's picking. You don't even know which ones came in. I saw them when they came in. I didn't didn't get to pick them. Uh, We left that to Bruce. So he's going to take charge. And uh, the three of us are going to dive into them, try to provide some thoughtful answers and see how it goes. Uh, Before we start that, though, every show, I want to put some scripture into every show. So I think this one's fitting for a QA and a session. It's from James 1.5, the New Living Translation. It reads, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So hopefully we can impart a little bit of wisdom and see if we can help out. Ready to roll? No, I'm never ready. Okay. But right. we're going to do it been, anyway. Mike? Oh, good. That's, that's the first question. The first question is, how have I been? So here's what they do Again, in, in the so-called business when this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stretch, stretch it out. Stretch it out. Uh, I've been well. I've been doing very well. All right. Well, uh, um, the first one I liked is, uh, was there an aha moment? Aha! Uh, that contributed to your decision to quit the party life cycle and seek Jesus. Okay. So, aha moment. Um, I guess the short answer is yes. But I would say I tried to walk away from it for a long time. I I quit drinking a hundred times. My aha moment was, I'll I'll tell the, the whole story here. So, my sobriety birthday is June 16th. So June 14th that led into the 15th, that whole, what turned into not sleeping for a couple of days and stuff. So our our buddy got married. You guys recall this time of life? Wow. So our buddy Don got married. Really? Yeah. That's when it happened? Yeah. Coincides with his anniversary. Um, So I was the best man in his wedding. And I had been up for a couple of days and doing coke like, for a day and a half that when his wedding day came. And so that morning I'm doing lines and drinking and not good. Um, you know, this is his big day and I'm the best man. So go through the, uh, the ceremony and we get to the wedding reception. I don't remember where it was, it was somewhere downtown. 
and I was a train wreck and made a bit of a mockery of kind of the whole thing, made my uh-huh. toast and was just a belligerent ass. And I remember, so I was with, I was with Tina at the time we weren't married and she was there with me at the reception. I remember I called my dealer and told him to meet me at my house. I was living in my little house on Avenue G at the time. And I just bailed. So I still had more stuff to do in my role as the best man. I didn't tell anybody. I just walked out and got in my car and left. And so that's crummy. And went home and met this guy in the back alley. And I'll never forget that I, I didn't have, I had some cash, but I spent most of it in the last few days of partying. So this guy kind of fronts it to me and he handed me a literal golf ball of crack cocaine. And that's a lot of crack. Yeah. So I went inside and just and continued to drink and cut off. I just smoked and smoked and smoked and smoked. And then several hours later, um, you know, here comes Tina and um, a couple other people ended up showing up at the house and it got a little foggy for me. But I, uh, I was pretty close to, I think, dying at that point and had never felt so physically bad, so guilty. I was just a, a train wreck. So I couldn't go to sleep. That next morning, I wanted to die and probably would have if I had any means to to do it at that exact time. And I remember at that moment, I shut the door to my little bedroom and I knelt on the floor and I looked at my ceiling and I asked God to kill me. And I didn't know God, I wasn't a Christian, none of that stuff. And I just said, please, please just kill me. I hate myself. I hate my life. I please. Here I am. So I'm like, okay, then please take this away from me. I don't want this anymore. I'm not going to live like this. I can't do it. Take this compulsion away from me. I don't want to be this person anymore. Um, that day was miserable, vomiting on the toilet. Um, probably should have gone to the hospital. No, just really, really in bad shape. Um, Monday rolled around, went to work and felt a little bit different and started telling people I'm done with all that done drinking, done with drugs. I'm not going to be that person anymore. And so everyone told me I was full of shit. Mm -hmm. Heard it. It's not true. Um, Started on a different path that day and fast forward with each kind of months, you know, I went through kind of at home detox while I kept my job and didn't miss any work and walked through a living hell for that month, cold Turkey off booze and cocaine with no, nothing but Tylenol PM to help me sleep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, was done and sought Jesus and got to the story of how do you find a Bible and that we've told on the show and mm-hmm. haven't uh, haven't had a drink or used drugs and yeah, happy uh, that that changed and I'm glad I'm glad God didn't kill me and oh. uh, yeah I had kind of a uh, kind of a conversion experience in that room so to speak right on. I was just done but what I guess led to it was the aha moment was the party was over months and months prior to that. And it was desperate 
and sick and sad. And I lied to everybody and, um, ruined my then best friend's reception. Yeah. Left my girl at the, that's just, I was a total dick in every way of life and hated it. Uh, remember when you left me at the 311 show at SoCal? I don't. <laughs> no, but I will say this, and I'll lighten it up a little bit, and then we'll get to the next question. But, but I, I wrote that with you. But, no, so my, you were, you've often been termed the leavingest so guy on the say, planet, were you? Yeah, yeah. I gonna, so I, our friend, we, we all ran around with a dude named Paul back in the day, and uh, he would tell stories. I haven't seen him in 20 years either, but he would tell stories. He's like, this guy... <laughs> He'll leave you. <laughs> and I'd be like, I will. He's, I, I'm not a liar. I'm not a liar. I'll leave you. He'd say, he'll leave you. He left me at a different part of the country. <laughs> and I don't remember where we were, but I did too. I don't know. Yeah, we were, I don't know, in Texas or Las Vegas or someplace we found ourselves. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to leave. <laughs> and so I left and I didn't see him for a couple of weeks and he shows up. He's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> I go, what do you mean? He goes, you left me. I leave people. Yep. So that was always how he referred to me. And he would always warn people for no reason. Oh, yep. Hey, this is my friend, Jim. He'll leave you. I, mean, I, have, I haven't even had an opportunity to leave anybody. I just met I this guy. But just saying yeah. for the future. Yeah, don't. He, he'll, not don't, the designated he driver. will leave you. Yes. Yeah. Well, because people are constantly calling that bluff, though, and that's what we used to say. Because we would, we would always say, "We are leaving." Yeah, we are leaving now. I didn't get any of that. (laughs) (laughs) That was what you did. Yes. Yes. Right. No, stay. No, no, stay. Where did you go? So again, let's back up to the aha moment at the reception. I left. Yeah. Yeah. I just Um, left. All right. Yeah. That's a good story, though. Well, it's a story. I mean, how good it is, but oh, that's good. Okay, number two. Number two is well. Let's just go ahead and piggyback off of that. Piggybacking. Yeah, I take a more broad viewpoint on spirituality than Christianity. My question is, how do you view other spiritual beliefs? I think I know where that question came from. Really? Yeah. <laughs> a couple came from the same dude. Yeah, love <clears throat> it. When you say q and I did not know they were going to be this deep. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm peeking ahead to the next one, too. It's like, whoa. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. So Holy heck. Okay. But how do you... So he's asking, how do I view other spiritual beliefs? Yes. Okay. So... Pagans. <laughs> Joy hell. <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> so... For me, I believe in, I'm a Christian person, meaning I believe the doctrine of Christianity, of Jesus Christ, born a virgin, and died on a cross, and resurrected, and ascended to heaven, and, and all of that. I, I, that's what I choose to believe, and I have faith in that. So other spiritual things, for me, they aren't true but they're not true because I choose not to have faith in them. And it doesn't mean I begrudge anybody for believing in a different God. I wouldn't, I would be open to learning 
about their beliefs and how it's impacted their lives and how they came to their beliefs and what their doctrines are and those types of things. I would love to learn more about that. And I'm very ignorant to most of that. And I need to work on that. One thing that I want to do through the show is I don't want to have the show be, here's what I believe. And if you're tuning in, the purpose is solely so you line up and start lining up with everything I believe. I want to have discussions so I can learn stuff and I want to get better and learn about that. Not with the intent of, maybe I'll be a Buddhist. Right. That's not my intent. I want understanding. I do want to understand. And I also would like an opportunity to share my beliefs with them. I, I do know this because I'm around a lot of Christian dudes and a lot of them are, I I joked earlier, Hey, enjoy hell. There a lot of them. That's what they stand on and they don't want to hear it. And everybody that's not a Christian person is, is kind of bad. And for me, Christ is love. God is love. And you're not showing love to other people if you're immediately dismissing what they choose to have faith in because it differs from what you choose to have faith in. They feel as strongly about their belief system and their faith as I do. Right. So if we're all running around telling each other how wrong the other one is, that leaves very little room for growth, acceptance, unity, and love. And so I'd like to be a little better at that. Close to an answer. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the largest problems I have with Christians is is what you were just saying, is they believe that they are 100% right and everybody else is wrong. Um, and what what really took me away from the church that I was in was the fire and brimstone. Um, and just uh, the question is always, right, what about the person that was born in the Amazon jungle? Never had a chance, never met a single Christian person or even a single Jewish person. Um, how is it's it's the same question as how 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 does God create so much evil in the world, right? Uh, right? How is how is it responsible? And how is that person uh not going not even having an opportunity to be told by another human that they're saved, right? Um, Those are always the issues. And so- And the um, answer to that question, when you talk to the fire and brimstone Christians, is scary, right? I mean- Right. They're like, well, that's why we have to go out and do ministries and get to them because yes, they are going to hell. The fact that they never heard the name of Jesus Christ has condemned them to a life of hell. So God put people on the planet out in the jungle where they're never going to hear the name Jesus Christ and they're condemned to hell forever. So let me speak to that. So I'm going to give you the definitive answer and it's going to help all your questions. Are you ready? Pay attention. Here's the truth. I don't know. (laughs) I knew that was coming. That's right. And kind of left me there. (laughs) So as facetious as that answer sounds, it's very honest. And I am telling you the truth. And if more Christian people were being honest, they don't know either. Right. Now, is there, can we pull this from the Bible and this from the Bible and we can, yeah, we can, but parsing, you have to be really careful of. Again, it comes down to God is a God of love. It's okay to not know. I don't know. I would like to believe that that person has an opportunity to be in heaven. And I do believe in heaven. And I also don't think that, and I don't like to personalize 
God to where he's kind of like us. Cause that's, mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm careful of that. And I don't want that to sound like this, but I don't believe in a God whose default is everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, but I do see in the scriptures where it can be inferred that that's what's being said. Right. So I don't fault people for approaching. Here it is. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. And I'm not saying the Bible's not true. But the Bible. But here's another verse that's more accepting. Uh, yes. I like to believe. I think the, the goal of, of a loving God, and I do know the scripture says this, these three words together, God is love. I can find that for you. I'd have to Google it to get you yep. there, but I know it's in there. Trust me. Love isn't. You're automatically out of my good graces, unless you prove yourself to me, Mike. Right. That's not me showing you love. Um, so it's okay to say, I don't know. And then how do you grow in faith? Unpacking that stuff together, wrestling with those things and being open to the other person's argument and view. And you get closer with your brother or sister and talk to them about that. Or maybe a person that's, that's not a Christian at all and has no desire to be, okay, let's, let's have that talk. Why not? Right. We need to be, we need to be more open to saying the most honest thing we can in regards to a lot of facets of our faith. And that most honest thing is, I don't know. Next. That's that's faith. Yep. Yeah. If I knew it doesn't take a lot of faith. Right. (laughs) All right. We'll just, we'll just keep rolling with this. Um, uh, What is the next step? for your spirituality and what does your end game look like and what obstacles are stopping you from reaching? Oh my goodness. This, this is from the same dude. It's gotta be, <laughs> but I love it. This guy's killing me. <laughs> okay. So what is the next step for you? Spiritually? I just, I just visualize him going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Enjoy it, man. Yep. All right. So what is the next step for me spiritually? I kind of feel like you covered that a little bit. Though, a little that you bit. Wanna, you're yeah. wanting to grow and continue yeah. to learn. Yeah. So I do want to, I want to know, I do want to know Jesus more. Um, that's, that's a big part of my growth. I do want to, I want to have, cause the person I am is constantly evolving. So the new tomorrow, I'm a little bit new, more new than today. And I'm different than today in, in a lot of ways. So you have to, keep renewing that relationship and keeping it fresh or the new you doesn't know him. So I want to continue. I want to continue in the Bible. I want to continue to learn about not just Christianity, it's history and roots, but about other faiths as well. I want to, I believe that one of my missions on earth is to constantly be improving and being the best man I can be to increase the chances of other people wanting to know Christ because they've seen me transform. That's a long winded answer, but I think that there, a lot of what I want to put myself through and grow physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of those things. It's cool for me because I'm improving and that's selfishly pretty cool. But the bigger picture, the strategic part of that is, my mission, the reason I'm down here and my legacy is going to be impact on others. And in order to increase that impact, I need to be, need to get better. Next part of the question says, what's my end game look like and what obstacles are stopping me from reaching it? So the end game, um, 
I'm not sure exactly what he means by end game. I would tell you the end game is when I'm done down here, I, my faith is I'm going to be in heaven and I'm not exactly sure what that entails or looks like. The Bible gives us some hints to it, but that's, that's kind of the ultimate end game. But I think if we're looking at it a little more broadly, the end game is what I just discussed is the increasing the impact and influence winning people is a term they use in Christianity, winning people to Christ. I'd like other people to know Jesus and to, and to experience what I've experienced from accepting him into my life. Cause it's changed my life. Go back to the first question, right? It's changed my life quite a bit. And I'd like that for other people, but loving other people enough to want that for them. And then kicking them out of your life if they don't, that doesn't line up. Too much stuff isn't lining up. So um, what obstacles are keeping me from that? It's it's mostly me. So I need to kick those obstacles out. My stubbornness, my lack of knowledge, um, my fears, my unwillingness to be around people that aren't super like me. Those are the obstacles that are keeping me from reaching that end game impact and the answer to what do I have to do to get rid of them is I need to get better and be aware of them and improve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just uh, the, the term end game itself is um, it's so final. I just, uh, so to me, I don't think that there's an end game. It's just a con- continuous process of um, if not improving, at least existing Right. Because, because that's, uh, that's what's different about, uh, everything. Because, like, this is a perfect example, uh, for 75 hard, where he, they even say, uh, Andy's even going, says, you know, for your workouts. Now, if you can't, if you can't get like an extensive hard workout, just do something. Yeah. Just do something. Yep. Um, and so that's, I mean, the end game for me is just do something, yeah. right? Even, uh, cause, and, and then every once in a while you get that perfect day mm-hmm. that, that just lines up and you get everything yeah. done that you want. Yeah. And the next day it isn't perfect, but you just did something instead of, um, surrendered, I guess is, would be the word. Yeah. I, I get a lot of people reach out to me with, you know, they're, I went through this or this person died or I'm going, struggling with this and, and when I don't have real specific advice, I don't want to be like, well, I got nothing for you. Sorry, right. dude. Good luck. I don't want to say don't that. What I'll say is, okay, I don't have a lot for you in specifics, but I'm going to give you this. Do the next thing. What's the next thing? Well, I haven't done my laundry in a week and a half. Let's go do some laundry. Right. Do the next right thing. Do oh. something. Generate some sort of momentum. Get moving. Yeah. Start something. Yep. Can we go for a walk around the block? Right. Just do something. Yep. Start first up. Yeah. The end game is it doesn't exist. Just start. Well, let's go ahead and uh, that that's a great segue into this next one. Uh, you mentioned your morning routine a lot. I may have editorialized there. Um, I'm, having, mm. I'm having a hard time figuring out what to do. Uh, what is what is your actual morning routine and how does a person get started? All right. Good question. Very practical stuff. The first thing I'll say is you just have to have a morning routine. 
So what I do might provide an example or two, but it could be so opposite to what sounds appealing or doable for somebody listening to this that they're like, well, I guess morning routines aren't for me. They're for you. So I'll Yours get, is like how long? You're, you're doing a couple hours a day. So I generally do it from 3 a.m. till about noon. So yeah, no, this I is don't, not, I don't, yeah. dude. <laughs> not doable. Okay. <laughs> Great. No, no, I'll give you a re- so realistically around 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, and here's that's your Bible study and your workout in the morning. No, no, that's no, just no. a so, facial. Yeah, so that's not my training. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my right. facial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way there, my, my cucumber, cucumber mask. Yeah. Right on. With my yeah, my massage music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah, the down, stones down with the candles. Yes. <laughs> so here, here's my morning routine. Okay, so I'll, I'll start as simple as I can get. Okay, so I'm getting out of bed. I'm peeing. Okay, yep. there's that's how my morning starts. Boom, I'm into the coffee. Yep. So right, I go in. I take my first supplement of the day, and I have my cup of coffee, and I walk into my office, and there I am, and it's quiet. It's normally five o'clock ish. So it's dark. It's quiet. Oh, I got to back that up. I have two cats in my house that have to have their morning food before they'll let me do anything All right. to the tune of screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Not meowing. Yeah. They see you in a time to screaming. Yeah. So they get there. But in order to make my morning routine go smoother, you know what I do the night before? There's Everybody. their bowls. There's their food. It's right. It's out for me. So it's and boom, boom. So it's part of the routine. So then here's my coffee. I go into my, my office and I sit. And uh, so when I was in a little transition before I got into this house and was kind of living in the mother-in-law suite at my prior house, I didn't really have a, a great place to do it. I made do. I didn't miss a morning through all that stuff. I just figured it out and made, sometimes I'm sitting on the floor and it is what it is. So you can figure it out. But now I think a nice little office to hang out in. So I start with, I kind of... um my Christian brothers probably aren't going to like this, but I kind of check my phone. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, what, you know, what, is there anything I've, is there any important texts I got overnight? Cause I'm not answering my texts, you know, after 8 PM. So is there, so I'll check that kind of stuff. And then I kind of look at some financial things and I take a little bit of a breath and because, well, you got to get right into Jesus first. And if you're putting other stuff before Jesus, that's not okay. God doesn't want me distracted thinking about other worldly stuff. I'm going to knock that out in two minutes. Then I'm going to put some focus where it needs to be. So I get that stuff knocked out. I, I start with prayer. So I'll generally pray out loud. I'm not screaming from the rooftops. Right. You know, I'm just kind of, you know, God, thank you for this morning. And you know, thank you that I'm healthy. And, and I start with prayers of gratitude. Every day starts with prayers of gratitude for me. Thank you for my home. And you know, thank you for, you know, my people, my friends, my, you know, my relationship and whatever. And it's, you know, I always thank God that I'm still free of alcohol and stuff. I don't miss a day of that. Uh, You know, pretty great. Uh, Changes the mindset of, I'm not going to drink today. Yeah. This is awesome. God, I get to, I'm still so so cool. So uh, prayers of gratitude are important for me. And then I have lists that I would have together. People would be like, Hey, you know, um, my, my mom's super sick and, you know, so yeah, she's, I'll pray for her. I really mean it. Yeah. Um, so when I say that, I'm on it. Yeah. And and I'll you know I'll pray about different things and uh, and then I'll pull out the Bible. Sometimes it's really organized, and I'm going to read the book of Ephesians front to back, and I'm going to start with and I'll. But sometimes it's not. Um, also, I always have a devotional I'm reading. This entire year, um, I'm reading Jesus Calling. 
I've done it several times over over the years. It's it's each day there's a there's something to read. Last year was this Tim Tebow devotional that I really dug. And the other part of my morning routine is I send scriptures or encouraging words to five to 30 people that are on my heart that day that I think would benefit from that. And I make sure that I do that every day. And then it's kind of done. And, you know, God bless my workout that I'm about to do. And thank you for this day. And I'll finish my coffee and time to go. Question I have. Do you ever, or when is the last time you had a serious consideration of drinking or drugs? So it's a lot, how long, how many years or is it, has it been since you like actually like had to, no, I'm not doing this. That came up in the last 15 years? No. No. Yeah, so it's been that long. You've gotten. It didn't come up. In the first month, um, you made your mind, and once you had the, accepted the Lord yeah, to help, you just I, you had it the wasn't me making my mind. I don't believe <clears throat> any anybody has willpower. By the way, I don't think that's a thing. Um, I will say in that first month that physically, I know that the night sweats and, and the tremors and everything could be taken away yeah. by having one. Yeah. So that was I should just have a drink. Um, but. But you also do one would. Yeah. I I really felt that I know that I had a spiritual transformation and I think that has to precede significant lasting life change. And that's what happened to me. So I never really struggled with that. Even going back to last year, which, and I keep referring to last year a lot. 2023 was a tough year. There was never a time uh, last year. You're just like, I should pull into the bar. There, there wasn't. Yeah, really. um, and, but I will say this. Which I thought was crazy. I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, there were there were a lot of people that were concerned about that. Most people. And yeah. I never once, not once, Thought did it even know. cross my mind. Um, maybe because I was so involved. I was like, don't make any really bad decisions right now. Otherwise, right? That I was so concerned of. But uh yeah, I can I make never... enough of those yeah. stone soap. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me around. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, like, you could even say, emo- like, you were emotionally drunk um, yeah. during that time. Yeah, it was tough. Um, and, yeah, but that never, not once even crossed my mind. I, uh, like, you had to worry about Jim falling off the wagon. No. Yeah, no. That's cool. Another no. reason that that didn't happen, especially last year, was... Think I'm handing people that win, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. You think I'm going to give them that? The yeah. they's of the world, the freaking thieves, right? The ones that took from me, yeah. The ones that didn't have my back when they should have. Do you think I'm going to hand them that? Right. I'm. They're already spending hours talking behind my back and, and inferring what I'm doing or who I am and all of that kind of stuff. And they don't even have any ammunition. They're dry fire in their handguns. You think I'm going to load the clip? Right. No way, man. Yep. They don't get that. Yep. I get to be me. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. There's just no, yeah, there was nothing. So this is going to segue. Uh, you sent us all a text the other day saying that you really enjoyed this this video. So I'm going to play this, and oh. uh, this is going to segue into probably our final question. Okay. Realism. I see a lot of nativity scenes when I'm out, as you always do before Christmas, and I can't help thinking about where that manger really is. It's in the West Bank on Palestinian lands controlled by the Palestinian Authority. 
1950, the little town of Bethlehem was 86% Christian. Now it's overwhelmingly Muslim. And that's my point tonight. Things change. To 2.3 billion Christians, there can be no more sacred site than where their savior was born, but they don't have it anymore. And yet no crusader army has geared up to take it back. Things change. Countries, boundaries, empires. Palestine was under the Ottoman Empire for 400 years, but today an Ottoman is something you put under your feet. <laughs> the uh, city of Byzantium became the city of Constantinople, became Istanbul. Not everybody liked it, but you can't keep arguing the call forever. The Irish had the entire island to themselves, but the British were starting an empire, and well, the Irish lost their tip. <laughs> they, uh... They blew each other up over it for 30 years, but eventually everybody comes to an accommodation, except the Palestinians. Was it unjust? that even a single Arab family was forced to move upon the founding of the Jewish state? Yes, but it's also not rare, happening all through history, all over the world, and mostly what people do is make the best of it. After World War II, 12 million ethnic Germans got shoved out of Russia and Poland and Czechoslovakia because being German had become kind of unpopular. <laughs> A million Greeks were shoved out of Turkey in 1923, a million Ghanaians out of Nigeria in 1983, almost a million French out of Algeria in 1962. Nearly a million Syrian refugees moved to Germany eight years ago. Was that a perfect fit? And no one knows more about being pushed off land than the Jews, including being almost wholly kicked out of every Arab country they once lived in. Yes, TikTok fans, ethnic... <laughs> <laughs> Ethnic cleansing happened both ways. In Fedor on the Roof, the family is always moving to stay one step ahead of the Cossacks, but they deal with it. When they're leaving Anatevka, they say, hey, it wasn't so great anyway. <laughs> Come on. Like other countries don't have roofs you could fiddle on? Now, now that's not how they really felt, but they were coping. They coped, because sometimes that's all you can do. History is brutal, and humans are not good people. History's sad and full of wrongs, but you can't make them unhappen, because a paraglider isn't a time machine. People get moved, and yes, colonized. Nobody was a bigger colonizer than the Muslim army that swept out of the Arabian desert and took over much of the world in a single century. And they didn't do it by asking. There's a reason Saudi Arabia's flag is a sword. Kosovo was the cradle of Christian Serbia. Then it became Muslim. They fought a war about it in the 90s, but stopped. They didn't keep it going for 75 years. There were deals on the table to share the land called Palestine in 1947, 93, 95, 98, 2000, 2008, and East Jerusalem could have been the capital of a Palestinian state that today might look more like Dubai than Gaza. Arafat was offered 95% of the West Bank and said no. 
The Palestinian people should know your leaders and the useful idiots on college campuses who are their allies are not doing you any favors by keeping alive the river to the sea myth. I mean, where do you think Israel is going? Spoiler alert, nowhere. Stop there. Yeah. And so I know what the question's going to be, but go ahead and say it. Right? Who's right? Israel or Palestine? When I received this question, I thought, no way he doesn't ask that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll start. And first, let me say a couple years ago, I couldn't stomach anything Bill Maher had to say. Right. And he was such a left-wing, crazy progressive weirdo that we didn't line up on anything. And I don't know if he's moved a whole bunch, but we line up on most things. I don't, and not that I became some kind of crazy progressive person. He's not a whack job. Right. He's very smart. Everything I just heard, I 100% agree with. Who's right is the question. So I don't want to dodge the question. One of those options, when you say Israel or Palestine, one of them has zero interest in ending bloodshed, compromising, coming to real solutions about land and governance. They give the only option in lieu of compromise, total death and destruction of the other. And I'm sorry but I'm going to have to be against that. So who's right? There's a lot of nuance in that question, but I'm not going to dodge it. Israel is right in this instance and in instances in the past. When I say they're right, are they blameless? Absolutely not. Have they done horrific things. things? Absolutely. Yes. Do they have a right to stand up against terrorists who don't seem to want to leave them the F alone. They do have a right to stand up, right? Now, we also haven't brought up Hamas. We said Palestine. There's a separation between those, but I think that's a pretty eyelash thin separation in a lot of ways. Most Palestinians in my opinion, and from where I garner my information, which granted could be a little spun, seem to not all justify killing of innocents, but I understand why Hamas has to do that because Israel has done blank. Right. That doesn't work for me. To yeah. me, that's signing off on that behavior. So there is a line between those two between Hamas and Palestine, but I don't think it's this huge chasm of, oh my goodness, these poor Palestinian people and their views are lumped in with these terrorists and they're so different. I don't think they're that different. Thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Israel has done things that they're probably not proud of or we're not proud of, but they're in a corner. They're the only country that everybody that surrounds them wants them dead, wants them erased from the earth. So yeah, they're tough. They have to be tough. It's the only reason they're still there. 
they've been trying to be wiped out on numerous occasions in the last 70 years. Of course, we're recording this a couple of weeks before this is going to come out, so there could be a bunch of different stuff. But uh, I uh, was a what uh, two weeks ago would have been 100 percent with you, um, and maybe this is right. This is just the spinning of um, other people because there's a lot of people saying that Palestine, uh, Hamas, is winning the information war um, on social media and such, but. Um, I think so. Uh, the, what a lot of people are having that were that are supporters of Israel, where they're starting to feel um, a little taken aback is is probably the most recent events where uh, Israel's not showing the amount of reserve um, that you would expect as a, a special someone more powerful to be able to show. Where there's been a so restraint. Restraint. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, with civilians. Yeah, with civilians. And and a lot of people are saying that's because now everybody has the, a news camera um, because of TikTok, right? Um, the, uh, and it's it's actually changed the landscape of TikTok um, from people dancing in their pajamas to um, pulling people out of rubble. Yeah. Out of rubble. Um, so. When, when there's the who's right and who's wrong or who's good, who's bad, um, you know, there's a lot of times when Israel's wrong and there's a lot of times when they're right. There's a lot of times when the Palestinian people are wrong and they're right. Um, I, I, one of my favorite uh, quotes from Donald Trump when he was asked about the Ukraine war is he goes, I just want people to stop dying. Um, that's... And that's good. I, I yeah. have zero. I have zero skin in the game for any of this. Um, it just feels like, uh, like you were talking about the pendulum swinging. Uh, feels like what's happening now, uh, according to the information that's out there, is a little bit of uh, an over over adjustment. Okay, let's speak to that. I don't disagree with anything that you said. When I listen to Q&A things, because I listen to a lot of podcasts and things, they tend to get away from the, the, from the question. So I'm going to go back to the question that the dude asked. Who's right? Israel or Palestine? So both isn't an option. Not that you're, and you weren't trying to do that, but because there is nuance here. I'm going to stick with my answer, but I'm going to also say they can be right, but executing it in a sometimes horrific manner. So I also would, would I'll pose this challenge to you. So we were all just hanging out and we weren't in front of microphones and stuff. And we were watching some news things and it said, Hey, Hamas has their headquarters underneath a hospital and they're hiding weapon caches in schools. And you know what we would say, and I'll just throw this out there and you don't even have to agree, because I wouldn't ask you to do that while we're recording. But you know what the consensus would be? And I'd be the first one starting it. Well, I guess that's collateral damage. If the, if their enemy decides to hide there and they can't, there's no other way to kill the enemy. This is war and war means I'm killing the enemy. And I could make the argument that the blood is on the hands of the people hiding in the hospital, not the ones making, sending the, the missile. Right. I'm not even saying I'm yep. right. I'm saying I could make that argument. 
Right. And we, we need to include that in the conversation because it's getting lost on the college campuses of they bombed a hospital and they did this and they, they bombed a school. I've never been to that part of the country, that part of the world, but I, and I've never obviously met any of these leaders, but do I think they're sitting in a war room saying, okay, how, how are we coming here today, general? Well, we haven't hit this school. Right. And it's probably going to be full of kids in the afternoon. All right. That'll be on today's attack list because, well, that building needs to be rubble because just the adobe hut that it currently is standing up isn't going to work for us. It needs to be destroyed. Let's send another multi-million dollar bomb to take care of that. I can't believe that discussion's happening. Right. And I've, I've even heard the word uh, indiscriminate being used about yeah. the bombing campaign. And I just bombs can't... aren't smart enough. And um, so I, I find it, I find it difficult to believe that. I stuff. do too. I, I would say that they've come, they've come too far to cease fire and just let the same regime continue to control that section of land. It can't happen. Now, I also am a little bit put off that I'm hearing rumblings of, well, what happens once Hamas is gone and that gov- the governance of that ha- has to change? Who's taking that over then? Well, Israel says, we're going to handle that for the foreseeable future. We're going to govern that. We're going to take that. Okay. So, whoop, boop, boop. That's a little bit of a red flag for me because now that sounds like, hey, we went from protecting ourselves to this is an opportunity for us to take land that has been designated for the Palestinian people. And if I was Palestinian or sympathetic to that, I, that would piss me off. So, well, what's the other option? And it can't go back to Hamas. Okay. I hate to use these generic type of geopolitical terms, but there needs to be some sort of group uh, of allies in there that are going to figure out how to get some stability and establish another government. And I think that the Palestinian people have a right to land in that part of the country, the part of the world. And so they need to figure out how to do that. So I think Israel might garner some more support from people that are a little bit in the middle if they'd come out and say more things like that instead of we're going to take it over. I think that's off-putting to some folks. But yeah, the killing's got to stop. Um, the killing's got to stop. Are there kids getting killed? And is that horrific? It absolutely is. Um, war is is pretty freaking awful. Nope. And it's it's tough to win if one side's playing by rules and the other side isn't. Watch a football game, and if one offense is allowed to hold and nope. one ain't, that ain't going to be close. And same people are crying about what's going on in Palestine. And again, yeah, I, I, death is bad. War is hell. Why do they not focus on the fact that this started over an attack at a concert? Yeah. We forget that it's terrorism. Terrorism started this. Killed, raped, and took hostages from a concert. People gathered. Sure. Having a fun day, you know? So because it it started with that horrific act, yes, planned because it started with that, that might play into the argument on the other side of this is a lot more revenge than protection. So I also can go down some real conspiracies and we won't take the time and, right. and do yeah, that. Right. But 
I try to recognize false flags yeah. when when I maybe see some hints of that. Um, did Israel plan for all this to happen? And I, I'm not going as far as saying that. But they may I, have known it was going to happen and didn't step in ahead of time. I would say they have the most sophisticated surveillance setup and intelligence setup, certainly in that part of the world. With the except, I don't know how great ours is in the United States. It's probably pretty freaking amazing. But to not have any idea this was coming, come on. Right. Does that pass the reasonableness test? So there's so much here we don't know. And I would have liked to answer the question of who knows. Um, like with we talked about with a lot of Christianity things. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. The real answer is I don't know, but if you have to pick a side, you're picking you're answering a question. And going back to the points that Mar brought up, um some point you gotta you gotta not be you gotta yep. not be perpetuating this kind of violence or someone's gonna come back. I mean, this uh this whole F around and find out thing. Yeah. I know yep. quit quit effing around then. Yep. You know, Agreed. and if there's real issues with how Israel is treating you, be a real government, right? Bring that to the world stage and let's have that discussion and get some others involved and do the right thing and take care of your people that have put you in power. They don't have any interest in that. Right. They have interest in terror. And that needs to be snuffed out. And good needs to snuff that out. Covered? Yeah, I think we can end it. <laughs>